Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome back to another episode of the Career Contessa podcast, your shortcut to being more fulfilled, healthy, and successful at work. I'm your host, Lauren McGowan. Talk of layoffs are taking over the news headlines. And it can feel scary and even embarrassing to lose your job suddenly. Kia Myers-Dugan is back on the podcast to share her layoff story. Yes, she's lived through two of them. And three things that you can do after to navigate the uncertainty. Plus, we'll be talking about what we think is the actual secret to having real job security. And now this is the Career Contessa podcast. Hi, Kia. Welcome back to the show. Thank you, Lauren. I'm so glad to be here again. And as you guys know, Kia is basically a podcast regular. I think you have absolutely (laughs) been on the podcast more than anybody else. So absolutely a regular. But so people can, and I'll post all of Kia's past episodes in the show notes, but I want to focus right now on your layoff story. So tell Mm -hmm. us What is your story? When did it happen? What were you doing? And also, like, how did you get the news delivered? Because I feel like what we're hearing a lot in the Mm -hmm. news is just Mm -hmm. the way people do this is so bad. Yeah. Yeah. So I will say I've actually been laid off twice. The first time that I was laid off, it was completely unexpected. I was working for an internet car company. And I remember the way that it was delivered. I was on my way back from a meeting and my boss stepped out of a conference room and she was like, oh, hey, can you step in here real quick? I walked into the conference room and it was her and a person from HR and there were papers spread all across the table. And I mean, I, you know, I can, I can still, I can still see that picture. I can still see that room. I can still see them and how they were looking at me when I walked in and I knew, I knew what was happening and it was terrifying. It was really terrifying. I was really upset. I immediately started judging myself, right? But I was also really angry. I was angry. Like, I remember throwing away, you know, like all my papers for my projects. I was like, screw it. You know, you guys are getting rid of me. You're not going to benefit from my hard work. Like, I had that attitude. So that was that experience. But the second time that I was laid off, was when I was working at Sony and we knew it was coming. We knew that there was a major restructuring happening. Every department was getting hit. My group specifically was being dissolved. And so 
the leader, I can't remember her title at the time, but the leader had gathered us all together and shared what was happening and then shared like what the, what the layoff flow was going to be. Like some people were done immediately, but because I had a project that I was still in the middle of, and it was one of our big, like Hallmark properties, I had to stay on through the end. So I was one of the last groups to leave. So that was even though it was coming, it still was a jarring experience. And, but still, I mean, you still have these moments where you're asking yourself like, well, now what am I going to do? Yeah. Now what? Even if you know it's coming, you still internalize it quite a bit. It's interesting that with the Sony thing, you're being laid off, but it's like being delayed. So that's even weirder because it's like, oh, you don't have a job, but you have one for the next three months. So you can't actually go out and find a new job right away because you're here for next. Like, I almost wonder if that one's worse than the like, you know, just like go for the nuclear situation of like, you're out of here and it's done. But well, and I will say, Lauren, so that was difficult. It was difficult in a different way than my first layoff was because I knew that the end was delayed. But you know, I still had to go into the office. Yeah. And it was a ghost town, right? We went from having, you know, probably a hundred people to having maybe 30, right? So it was a ghost town. It was silent. And where I sat, like I was in a place where all the rest of my colleagues were gone. Yeah. And so it just, it just, it felt, oh, it was just so isolating. It was really isolating, but I tried to negotiate. I tried to negotiate an earlier departure and they were like, no, sorry, (laughs) sorry, that, that can't happen. So, so then you just, you make the best of it. But you know, there were a lot of days where I came in super late and left super early because I certainly wasn't getting about quiet quitting. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I came in super late left super early because I didn't have much to do, right? I just was like seeing things through and I could, you know, I could work from home if I needed to. But yeah, I mean, it just, I wasn't getting any new projects. So it just was like, well, it's like you're frozen. These, yeah. Yeah. You're in this weird That's a great way place. to describe it. Yeah. yeah. You it's, can't it's really this move weird, forward. Right. It's this weird purgatory. But like you said, like it's not, it wasn't a situation where I could be actively interviewing for jobs because I also wanted to take time to figure out, well, what, what do I want to do? Yeah. So, and I knew that I didn't want to stay in entertainment at that time. So it was really just using that time to kind of like, you know, take a look around while also just keeping, literally keeping the lights on with the project that I was seeing through to the end. Yeah. So Oftentimes in a layoff, to your point, you you walk into a room, it's probably your boss and HR, or if it's like a big group layoff, maybe it's a little different. But the point is they usually have some sort of package. Like they've thought about this. They're delivering stuff to you. What's your advice? I mean, the reason why I wanted to have this episode is because I feel like every time I turn on the news or I read an article or the headlines on LinkedIn are like layoff, 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 layoff. Mm-hmm. And yes, mm-hmm. this is like a lot of tech companies. I think that's what's making the headlines right now. But I feel like when the big tech companies do stuff, sometimes other companies will use it as a justification for doing it. So I'm, I'm a little concerned that we're going to get into like kind of this quote unquote layoff season. I hate that they do this at the end of the year when it's holidays and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, talk about that. So you walk into the room and you're probably going to get some sort of package and it's going to explain a bunch of stuff. Do you negotiate? Do you just have to accept it? Do you sign right then and there? What's your advice? My advice is to not sign anything. 
Do not sign anything in that room. Give yourself time to review the package. Almost always there's going to be room for some kind of negotiation. So for instance, the first layoff, and I'm not embarrassed to say this, but my very first layoff, I mean, I think it was like my second job out of college. So I had never experienced anything like that before. So I at least had the presence of mind to not sign anything because they don't give you any time to review what's being yeah. put, in, put in front of you. And it's often in language that lay people don't understand. So don't sign anything. But what I did, you know, I immediately called my dad and was like, here's what happened. He's like, tell me you didn't sign anything. And so <laughs> he went and he was like, okay, what do you want to ask for? And so like, I was able to go back and say, okay. I want my, I want a copy of my personnel file and I want to be left on insurance, you know, through, you know, the next two months or work. And they did it. They were able to do that for me. And that helped to ease the sting of that. But certainly do not sign anything and think about, you know, what, what you want to ask for. Is it, do you want to be kept on insurance or, you know, maybe a little bit higher severance. I mean, a lot of those things are baked and ready to go, but it can't hurt to ask. Yeah. Yeah. I And we have a great article on some ideas of things you can negotiate. So I'll link to that in the show notes as well. But I think the most important thing is don't sign anything right away and consider, you know, also your, your emotions are running high, especially if yes. it wasn't something you were expecting. But even if it is something you're expecting, I think your emotions are still running high. I had a friend who got laid off from a tech company, was surprised by it and really thought he deserved more severance or so usually they'll mm -hmm. come up with some sort of timeline based on how long you've been there and whatnot. And he went back and he negotiated and I think he got another week, but you know, when your emotions are running high, you're probably not going to be the best negotiator for those things anyways. And so I just remember him commenting like, you know, I didn't get what I wanted, but at least I got something which you know, sometimes when your feelings are so hurt <laughs> at, at that yes. time, like you're, you're like, good. I got a little something out of you. I don't know if I'm an anomaly, but one of my hobbies truly is learning new languages. I was genuinely so excited when I found out that Babbel was a sponsor for this week's episode. I'm bilingual and maybe like an unconfident trilingual speaker. And honestly, it rocks. I also took so many foreign language courses throughout academia. I took Spanish, German, French, and Russian. I think I had a semester where I was taking three languages at once and it kind of felt like my brain was operating at like 1000%, but in a really good way. What I found though, is that after college or being in like a traditional academic setting, it can be so hard to motivate yourself to focus on studying and learning an entire new language. But thanks to Babbel, the language learning app that sold more than 10 million subscriptions, there's an addictively fun and easy way to learn a new language. So whether you'll be traveling abroad, connecting in a deeper way with family, or you just have some free time, Babbel teaches bite-sized language lessons that you'll actually use in the real world. Also, I'm just going to add that adding a fluency to a new language opens up so many career opportunities and just generally makes your resume stand out. So here are just a few reasons why I love Babbel. One, they have 15-minute lessons so you can learn on the go. Two, the lesson plans were created by over 100 language experts, so I really do trust the curriculum. Three, their teaching method has been scientifically proven to be effective. Four, you can choose from 14 different languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, and German. 
And five, they have speech recognition technology that helps you improve the way you speak, which I think is so important because sometimes when you're doing these online courses or remote foreign language learning, it feels like, oh yeah, I totally know how to speak Spanish or whatever language you're learning. And then you get to talking to someone and you hear yourself speak for the first time and you're like, "Mm, maybe I don't. So it's so nice that they have the recognition technology that can actually help you improve your accent as you speak. And my final reason I love Babbel is that in addition to the lessons, you can access podcasts, games, videos, stories, and even live classes. So start your new language learning journey today with Babbel. Right now, when you purchase a three-month Babbel subscription, you'll get an additional three months for free. So that's six months for the price of just three. Just go to babbel.com and use promo code CONTESSA. That's B-A-B-B-E-L dot com and use the code Contessa. Hello, I'm Helen Johannesson, the owner of Helen's Wines in Los Angeles. This is Wine Face, my podcast that breaks down the ins and outs of wine to an easy, digestible, and more snackable level. We are dropping new episodes every Thursday. So grab a glass of wine, gather some friends, sink into the bathtub, or listen to me on the go. Every Thursday, Wine Face drops. Please subscribe, rate, and review. Can't wait to hear from you and for you to listen along. You know, I do think being laid off comes with a lot of people don't shouldn't feel this way, but shame or embarrassment like and I was just thinking that. Yes. And like, I think it's important to name the emotion. So like name what you're feeling when that happens. But oftentimes, too, you need to tell people about this so you can job search and get a new job. But there's this flip side of like, I don't want anyone knowing I was laid off. So tell us about your emotions related to that. And how do you push yourself to feel more comfortable talking about it? Right. So with the first layoff, the second one, I wasn't upset about it. (laughs) I will say I wasn't, I was not sad about being paid to go find a new job. But the first one, uh, especially because I was so young in my career, I really did feel, I remember like going home and only being able to like lay on the couch. I felt so sad and I felt worried. Like, how am I going to pay rent in my apartment? Which, God, I wish I had that rent to pay now. But you know, <laughs> how am I? How am I going to pay rent in my apartment? Oh my God, I'm going to have to pick up a part time job while I'm figuring out what to do next. So yes, I mean it is, and that's why I was talking about that that internalization that people will do is they'll make it, they'll make it personal and layoffs, nine and a half times out of ten are not personal. It is a business decision that had to be made. Companies are reorganizing, you know, companies, especially right now have just been through it with COVID and inflation and all the things that are happening in the marketplace right now. So, you know, very, very rarely, I mean, the only personal decision that may come into effect is if, you know, you're being pitted against maybe someone else. And if there are personal feelings or if there's a productivity, then then that's going to factor in. But it's not the only reason. It is not the only reason. There's so many other things that come into play when being decided, when deciding who's going to be reorged out of out of a company. So so but own those feelings, right? Like let yourself feel those feelings, but only let yourself feel them for a certain period of time because 
there is there is a light at the end of the tunnel. You are not the only person that this has happened to. And, you know, I remember thinking that for myself, but I also, that's something that I have certainly coached others who have been laid off. Like, it is not just you. This is not about you. It's about the company. And then, you know, in terms of you ask how to talk about that is to really keep it positive, you know, keep it, keep it neutral to positive, right? Like try to not be disparaging about your company. Even if you're feeling that, just try to make it, turn it into a positive to essentially say, you know, unfortunately the company had to make some hard decisions. I was reorged out, but I'm really excited for what this opportunity means for me right now. Right. Like it means that I can pursue this or it means that I can, you know, have some time to take a break. Right. We're all talking about how we're overworked. And so this is an opportunity to just take a breather. But yeah, but yeah, you can you can spin it into a positive, but you have to give yourself time to heal and prepare that spin. Yeah. I just listened to this podcast. It was Adam Grant's Rethinking podcast and he had Reese Witherspoon on and she had this really good line about obviously she's gone for movie roles and not gotten Mm -hmm. them. And she was like, you know, I think it's natural when you don't get something or you get laid off to feel like you're not good enough. And again, that inner critic is all about me, me, me. And she's, she had this line where she goes, I had to really teach myself that if I didn't get the role, I wasn't the right fit, but that didn't mean that I wasn't good enough. Right. And, and I think that's true with the layoffs you are good enough and your skill set is great. It, you just weren't the fit for, or like that department wasn't the fit, or it really, this is on the company. The com- company somehow messed this up and they didn't plan accordingly. So I really liked that line. I have like a list of quotes in my phone and I wrote that one down because she had another <laughs> one about someone said, sometimes you're at the front of the bus. Sometimes you're at the back of the bus. The The point is, is to stay on the bus. And I think exactly. about that sometimes with careers is like you're sometimes you've got those high moments. Getting laid off is obviously a low moment, but don't give up, you know, and don't don't again, kind of go nuclear and be like, I'm never going to find a job again. I'll never be able to pay rent. I'm, you know, going to move in with my mom, that kind of thing. So as much as you can, to your point, maybe try to stay neutral. You know, I think job security is something that's on people's mind right now. So before we get into your your tips for what to do right after a layoff and also how to navigate that uncertainty in your job, I want to talk about job security because while it's never a given, I'm curious, are there things that people can do to know if they're going to be part of a layoff, if it's coming? Like, are there signs you can kind of like feel it in the air? It's so funny that you mentioned this because I'm thinking back to my Sony situation. And, you know, if you see a lot of closed door meetings with a lot <laughs> of decision no, makers, you know, that's probably a sign that something is amiss. If, and I, you know, Decision makers get into meetings a lot, but if you see a lot, a high frequency of these meetings, and their stock price has like recently tanked. (laughs) Yeah, that's a sign. Also that. (laughs) Also that. I mean, really like not to get into gossip land, but little things like that, that you notice that, you know, all of a sudden people aren't available or things are things that people were like really hot about things that were urgent that all of a sudden are not. Yeah. Right. Or you've been uninvited. Yeah. Like you were always part of that project and now we don't need you on that project. That kind of thing. Exactly. Exactly. So little things like that, that ordinarily may not tip you off when you start noticing the frequency or things just start getting really quiet. That could be a sign that something is going on. And with regard to how to address that, take it head on, right? 
you know, and I know I've said this on many career Contessa podcasts, but if you don't ask, the answer is always no. So if you are noticing things are amiss, or if you just have a gut feeling and you have the relationship with a manager or someone within the organization that you trust that is a mentor, or you have a, again, you just have a trusted relationship with this decision maker or higher up, you can sit down and just say, hey, like, is something going on? Like, things seem weird. I'm not getting a good feeling about this, right? Just, just identify what those emotions are and then just ask point blank, you know, is something going on? Is there something I should know, prepare for, like make it, you can note the feeling, but then make the, the end of that conversation, a business protection decision of what do I need to do to prepare myself Yeah, as opposed to, oh my gosh, should I start looking for a new job? Like really help the person that you're speaking to help them problem solve or help them put you at ease. Yeah. I I also think, to be honest, sometimes this makes me think this is why you should always be job searching, right? Like there's, there is this feeling of relief after you get the job, like, don't have to do that for a while. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. But in a way, I think that COVID now this round of layoffs, what it, one of the takeaways I have from this is that things can change very quickly and you should and I know we're about to get into your tips, but like this is sort of a justification for why you should take that recruiter's phone call, even when you're happy in your place of work. You know what I mean? So that that was just kind of what came to, to mind. And I know people are like, I know the feeling of fatigue from job searching, but I think it can be less fatiguing if you look at it as a thing that, you know, there's that like always be selling. It's like always be kind of job searching. It's then right. it's less like, oh, I got to get all my energy to get into this thing and then get out of this thing. It's like, Mm -hmm. no, you can just sort of like, it's like networking. It's like, if you're always sort of networking, then it doesn't feel like such a chore. Are you feeling stuck at your current job or like it's too big of a risk to make a change? I think so many of us have felt that way before. And that's why I want to tell you about Sabio. On this episode, Lauren and Susan have talked about investing in your best self. And I think one of the best ways to do that is to invest in your education. Sabio is a female-owned and operated coding bootcamp and developer community. At Sabio, you'll learn to code and gain real-life experience, and finding a job is built into the program. No need to feel intimidated by starting a job search in a totally new field. In just 17 weeks of remote learning, you'll graduate from Sabio ready to start a real, high-paying tech job. That's probably why Sabio has been voted Best Coding Bootcamp by Course Report for five years in a row. Sabio has alumni working at notable companies like Amazon, Microsoft, Google, and more. And there are so many types of tech jobs that you can go into, like UX designer, marketing specialist, and even social media tech jobs. Plus, Sabio is extremely affordable. They even offer a women in tech scholarship with $5,500 off the total cost of tuition. There are so many opportunities for women in tech, and this is the perfect time to break into the industry with Sabio. Visit our special URL, sabio.la slash Contessa, to learn how you can qualify for a $5,500 women in tech scholarship. That's sabio.la slash Contessa. Don't wait. Go to sabio.la slash Contessa today to learn more. All right, let's get back to the show. Hi, everyone. It's Aaliyah here to talk about a few of our awesome sponsors. Before you book any brunch, you pour over lists and lists of reviews. 
So why not do the same when you're booking a doctor's appointment? With ZocDoc, you can see real, verified patient reviews to help find the right doctor in your network and in your neighborhood. After all, finding the right doctor is just as, if not more important, than finding the right plate of Eggs Benedict. ZocDoc is a free app that shows you doctors who are patient-reviewed, takes your insurance, and are available when you need them. Honestly, I was sold on ZocDoc the minute I saw their website. I found it so easy to input my information into the search bar, and then within seconds, I had several options for doctors available in my area. On ZocDoc, you can also find every kind of specialist, whether it's an eye doctor, dermatologist, allergist, acupuncturist, you name it, ZocDoc has it. ZocDoc's mobile app is as easy as ordering a ride to a restaurant or getting delivery to your house. Search, find, and book doctors with just a few taps. And you can read verified patient reviews from real people who made real appointments. Now, when you walk into that doctor's office, you're all set to see someone in your network who actually gets you. Go to ZocDoc.com, find the doctor that is right for you, and book an appointment in person or remotely, whatever works for your schedule. Go to ZocDoc.com Contessa and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then start your search for a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within just 24 hours. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash Contessa. ZocDoc.com slash Contessa. Lauren, that is, that's one thing that I notice that when people are ready to get into the job search, whether it's a choice that's been made for them or it's a choice that they're making, that's one thing that often holds people back is this feeling of like, oh, now I've got to ask for help. I've been MIA now all of a sudden. So if you keep that thread of communication or that line of communication open with just a few individuals, right? Mm-hmm. It makes the road back a little less tenuous for yeah. you. So if you want job security, just like always be job searching. <laughs> That's kind of it. <laughs> well, you know, and maybe it's not even the search. It's maybe just be job planning. Yeah. Right? I remember uh, a coach told me years ago, you know, when you get into that job, whatever that job is, start planning for what your next job is going to be. So whatever you're doing, whatever you really enjoy about it, whatever you don't enjoy, start thinking like, oh, you know, if I was going to do more of this, what would I like that to look like? Right. Like you don't have to be having actual intentional conversations, but you can be thinking for yourself. How does it, how does this career path feel? What, what might I want to do with this? This is, this is a lot of fun. How could I, how could I do more of this? Right. So at least you're thinking about it so that if you do get, you know, if you do end up being reorged out, then you're not caught flat footed. Yeah. Okay, so up next, Kia is going to share three tips for what to do after layoff that you can also use if you are navigating any uncertainty in your job right now. Okay, Kia, so step one is to pause. So tell us about that. You know, and this kind of goes to what I was just saying before of just giving yourself a moment to just freeze, right? I was talking about it with my layoff, right? Like that feeling of being frozen, right? But Give yourself a break. We're all running with, you know, our hair on fire, it feels. But after a layoff, don't feel like you have to jump right into a job search right away. And I know I'm speaking from a place of privilege because not everyone is going to get that nice package. Not everyone is going to get, you know, a month of insurance and a month of salary, right? So I do recognize that I'm speaking from a place of privilege, but you can 
even if you haven't gotten that big package, give yourself a moment, give yourself a day to heal from that, to acknowledge how you're feeling, what you're feeling, and then start thinking about what could be next. I I just, I have seen so many people who get that layoff and they are immediately nervous. Yeah, They're immediately panicked. And that causes people a lot of times to get into a situation that is just like the one that yeah. they left. Yeah. You're like spinning your wheels a little bit with that. Mm-hmm. So, so if you are having anxiety about this, the first tip is take a pause, give yourself permission to have a week where you binge Netflix and you make sourdough bread. I don't care. The (laughs) point being is like, just give yourself a little chance to breathe, whether it's a day or I think if you go way too long, then you start to kind of lose that all together. But then it's time to say, okay, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to make a strategy. I'm going to make a plan. So let's talk about step two, which is reflect. Yeah. So this is, this speaks to what you and I were talking about earlier about this, the self-worth, right? The piece of shame and there's something wrong with me. And this time of reflection, which sounds like it might be the same thing as pause, but it's not because now you are actively thinking about what it is that is, first of all, important to you in your next role, right? Like not saying that everyone who's been laid off was already looking for a job, as I shared with my first layoff, I was not expecting it. So I was not looking, right? So, but be clear about what it is you want your next experience to be. Maybe you want to do something completely different, or maybe you want to do the same thing, but get clear on that, or at least a couple of options. You know, maybe it's something totally different, something similar, or something that is exactly the same because you loved it so much, but just reflect on that. But also what's really important is to reflect on your wins in the job that you were just reorged out of. Think about what all your accomplishments were. Lauren, you talk a lot about having that work journal, right? Mm -hmm. Think about those things, those accomplishments, those achievements that you've had along the way, because not only is that going to help you to boost up your confidence, but it's also going to help you as you get ready to start updating your resume and as you get ready to start reaching out to people. But really think about what you do want in your next experience, where you would love to work and what you don't want, what you don't want to be doing and what you where you don't want to work. These are really important things to do so that you don't recreate what you've just stepped out of or what you may be stepping out of, especially if you're noticing some things are are going sideways at your current place of employment. Yeah. And I really think the magic here is the pen to paper. So it's getting out of your head and onto pen to paper, typing, whatever your method is. But I think it will help you start to see what is the strategy I'm going to take. So, you know, I love the advice of like, follow your talents, not your passions. It doesn't mean that your passion and your talents can't be combined. But I find when people are the most stuck with like, what should I do next in my career? I will tell them two things. I'll say, don't focus on the job, just focus on great companies. That's like too much. Then the next thing is follow your talents. What are you really good at? And you have to be able to reflect on what am I good at? Where have I had the most wins? So those are kind of good places to start. And then for step three, it's get support. So let's talk about that. Yeah. So you just talked about being in your head when you, and I talked about this when I was, when I was laid off from Sony, but still had to stay, you just feel this feeling of isolation. So, and this is the thing that can cause people to spin out in their job search. 
But what's important to point out, and I mentioned this in the first point, is depending on your organization or the size of your organization, you may likely be a candidate for getting a package of some sort. And those packages typically include some sort of transition support. And so those are great because you get a coach that you work with, but then you also get a group of people that are, you know, in the same boat as you. But what's beneficial about this is that you have a third party who is there to bounce, to help you bounce things off the wall to decide what feels right, what doesn't. But then you also have a group of people who you can leverage one another's network. But here's what I want to say. If you don't have that, or if having a coach is not in your budget and you did not get that transition support from your organization, that's okay. Take action on your own. Proactively connect with people who are in the job search. Maybe there are people that you were laid off with, but the point is to not sit at home and apply for jobs for eight hours a day because you don't have anyone to gut check you. You don't have anyone to lift you up. And when you're just applying because you're applying from a place of desperation and fear and panic, you may very likely be getting a lot of rejections or no responses at all. That can tank your confidence. It can tank your motivation. And so this is where having a coach or having what I like to call, and many transition organizations call this, a job search work team where you're just connecting with people for an hour or two once a week to say, hey, how's your job search going? What's working for you? What's not working for you? And use that to keep you going and motivate you and keep your spirits up. I think this is the most important thing. The only one I would add to this too is create some structure or routine to all of this. So I think it's a great idea. Get a coach, get an accountability partner, Mm -hmm. talk to people about it, set up informational interviews, go to the event, start doing your, you know, job search stuff out of a co-work space. So you literally get out of your head, out of your space. All those are good ideas. The last one I would add is when I was desperately job searching, I, you made me think of this with the eight hour a day applying for jobs is carve out time, put it on your calendar. Say from, if you're a morning person, say from 7 a.m. to 11, I'm going to be updating my resume. I'm going to be looking for jobs. I'm going to keep everything organized over here. Like, and then give yourself a break and then maybe do two hours in the afternoon. Or when you do your informational Mm -hmm. interviews, keep track of this stuff, because I think it's equally important to see you know, I'm a big fan and I'm going to do an episode about this next year about instead of outcome-based goals, process-based goals, maybe your goal is to land a job, but there's a process in getting that next or a process of getting over the layoff feeling. And that's what we should focus on, which is, can you set up five informational interviews this month? That's a process-based goal. That's going to get you closer to your outcome, which is finding that new job after layoff. And I know we're about to wrap up, but if you could, you know, I guess, take your layoff experiences and and say, here's one lesson that I took away from them that I, I'm grateful for. What would it be? Mm. I would say I am so grateful for the power of community. I'm so grateful for the power of connections that I made along the way, because when I was laid off, I was able to reach back to colleagues, people that I met in those roles to say, hey, I was really interested in what you were doing. Can we get a coffee? And you have no idea where that's going to lead to, but just the 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 ability to connect back with people because you have some time now. I'm really, really grateful for that because I will say the vast majority 
with the exception, I think, of two jobs that I've had, every job that I've had has been because of someone that I knew. Yeah. Yeah. And I've been working for over 20 years. I don't want to age myself. So I'll just say that. But every job with the exception of two is because of someone I knew. Yeah. Also, lastly, there's a ton of resources out there, but I will put this also in the show notes. My favorite resource, if you've been laid off and you've probably seen these on LinkedIn, people are starting like Google Docs and Sheets where they're basically collecting people's name and information and sharing it with recruiters. But there's this fabulous resource out there. It's called layoffs.fyi and it's a layoffs tracker. It has over 763 startups in there. There's tons of employees. They track, they'll compare severances. They've got the list of employees who have been laid off so you can reach out to them. So get yourself on a list, find these things again, carve out time. So you're not spending 24 hours a day going crazy, looking at this stuff, but use LinkedIn and your network and things like these lists that are going around because recruiters love those things. And guess Mm. what? You've already been pre-vetted by Sony or, you know, Google or Meta Facebook, whatever they want to call themselves today. And (laughs) that is actually really fantastic. So if you've been laid off, I hope this episode is uplifting, optimistic, encouraging, and gives you the opportunity to see this very much as a glass half full, not glass half empty. And, you know, you've got work to do. So don't spend too much time saying, you know, I'm not good enough. You are great. Now we just got to get you that new job. And there are a tons of amazing companies out there that are looking for you. So Kia, thank you so much for sharing your advice and for being willing to share your personal layoff stories. I know that's very vulnerable to talk about that stuff. (laughs) I know people probably know where to find you, but tell them again where they can find you. You also have an awesome podcast. Tell them where, you know, give them all the names and the links. Yes. Yes. So you can find me on my website, kiamyersdugan.com or I'm on YouTube, kiamyersdugan.com also on Instagram. And that's where I am sharing insights. That's where you can find my podcast and all sorts of other career contestant related things that I've done in the past. Yes. Thank you so much. We're going to have you come back. We know it. So thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Career Contestant Podcast. One of the ways you can support our show so that we can keep bringing you great content each week is by supporting the advertisers that make this show possible. Please consider clicking, buying, and engaging with today's sponsors. Information for all of this is in the show notes. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.